The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been serving us for over 65 years. They are built to top industry standards. Interstate Batteries has been technician's choice for nine years and counting. Their business is powered by a distributor network of 300 wholesale warehouses and backed up by more than 200,000 dealers around the world. They're guided by a set of common values and they're committed to enriching lives as they deliver the most trustworthy source of power to the world. You can find out more by visiting interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode number 92. Today we are going from the vault, a blast from the past. We're going to go back to this episode that I did with a guy named Ben Harrison talking about Tennessee velvet buck hunting. It's coming up this weekend, so I thought this would get you guys fired up. You guys stay tuned. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Like I said before, today we're going to be uh, going uh, kind of back in time to episode number 17. Um, this is going to be my last weekend of it not being hunting season of some kind. So uh, I decided to spend the weekend with my family instead of recording a podcast. I know, I know it kind of is a, a cop-out, but... Um, Hunting season is a big deal, and it's a big deal for all of us. I'm going to be spending a lot of time away from my family for the next few weeks, and so um, instead of trying to organize and get all that stuff together um, ahead of time, I did what I'm really good at, and I procrastinated, and I was finally like, you know what? I'm going to just spend the weekend with my family, And uh, but that's okay. We have, uh, I hope, uh, my hope is that we have a lot more listeners than we had uh, from episode 17. So if you have not listened to episode 17, um, this is going to be the first time you've heard it. And we're talking with a guy who is an absolute big buck killer. He's a slayer. He is the uh, the owner, one of the owners of the bow hunting league. You're going to hear about that in this episode. Um, maybe you've seen stuff. It's basically just a friendly competition that's got a lot of a lot of cool prizes and stuff. And as far as I know, it's still uh, free for people to join. You join up with a team. And uh, it's really cool. He's going to explain it a little bit in this episode. Uh, I know there's a Facebook page. You can find out about it. Maybe maybe even a website. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Hunting season starts this weekend in Tennessee. So a lot of you guys are going to be hunting velvet bucks in Tennessee. I'm going to be hunting velvet bucks in Tennessee. Um, and so, with that being said, guys, we made it through another off season congratulations if i had a little sound effect of people clapping and cheering good job guys uh hopefully you um spent that time with family and getting some of your honeydews done i know a lot of people don't start for a little bit but for a lot of people the season is right upon us and i for one am extremely excited um i'm excited about just being out there it's hot it's muggy if you followed Southern Ground, you know that I don't do well with poison ivy, and I inevitably will get poison ivy at some point um, in the next month. So 
I'm looking forward to that. Make sure you are subscribed to the Southern Ground Hunting YouTube channel so you can see all that stuff unfold. We're going to be having some fresh new videos coming to you starting uh, probably, probably next week. So um, whether or not we kill anything in Tennessee uh, doesn't matter. I'm going to try to have a video up for you guys to watch. I feel pretty confident that we will see some deer. Whether or not we kill deer, who knows? It's uh, kind of all up in the air. But I'm very excited about it. And uh, then the week after that, we'll be in t uh, Kentucky. So it's getting started off quick. Hopefully you guys are ready. And I know I am. But uh, let me tell you something. I am very ready for early season. And partly because um, I feel like I have got the best gear to be able to really push myself a little bit further, hunt a little bit longer, um, hike further, kayak further, uh, without getting too terribly hot. And uh, I basically just, I drank the Kool-Aid, y'all, and I have went lightweight on almost everything, lightweight and effective on everything other than my arrow setup. So I also drank that Kool-Aid, and I've got a, a lighter or a, a heavier arrow setup. So, um, but let me tell you about something that I just recently got, and that is the short sleeve merino top the merino shirt from scree gear i just got that as well as the ultra light um jacket that they just released it is fire it is so freaking cool um i'm actually sitting here looking at this jacket right now and if you've heard me talk about scree very much you've probably heard me rant and rave about the hard scrabble set i love this set now um, the only problem with it is that I can't wear it all the time. Sometimes it's just not cold enough. It's not cool enough for it. So Scree fixed that problem and they came out with this ultralight jacket that feels a lot like the, um, like the hard scrabble. It's got a lot of the same pockets. It's got a hood. Um, it's just lighter weight. And, um, I, I'm going to imagine this is going to be really, really good for those like 60, 60 degree high days you know where it's maybe in the upper 40s as a low early in the morning or later in the evening it's super comfortable it's a fleece uh basically zip up hoodie is is the best way that i can describe it and it is awesome i've also got this uh, short sleeve merino top that i was telling you guys about and it is really really cool i am loving it so uh, make sure you go check out screegear.com um, right now you can pretty much get anything you would need to hunt early season, middle season, and late season, uh, comfortably. You'd be able to sit longer. Um, I am not a fan of gimmicky products, but one thing that I have learned since I've started using more of a technical hunting apparel is that it is not gimmicky, gimmicky at all. It helps me immensely. Like it helps me be able to stay and be comfortable be warm when I need to be warm, be uh, be cool when I need to be cool. It's just it's just awesome. So if you if you haven't drank that Kool-Aid yet, go and try it. Check it out at screegear.com, and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, all lowercase, all one word at checkout, and that'll save you 10%. Also, they're doing a site-wide sale right now. So you can check that out at screegear.com, and uh, really, really good prices there. Um, unfortunately, with, with stuff that's on sale, you cannot use the discount code, so don't get too upset about that. Um, but you're still getting a really good price on some really, really awesome uh, uh, hunting apparel. So, um, also, we had our tethered teaching train this past weekend. Uh, it was a 
blast. We had a really, really good time. A lot of people showed up. A lot of people won uh, some really cool equipment. Let me tell you something about Tethered is they are not shy about giveaways. So I wanted to uh, take this time to just say a shout out to everybody who attended. Thank you guys so much for coming. I had a blast getting to hang out with everybody. And also thank you to Tethered for putting these things on across the country. If you have not heard about saddle hunting, you need to hear about it. And I'm about to tell you about it. It is the most effective, lightweight, versatile hunting system that you really can find. I haven't found anything better. And Tethered is at the top of the game with uh, new products. They are releasing new products right now. Uh, I want to say they eight or nine different things in uh, in the very near future. They've already started releasing some. Um, so check that out at tetherednation.com. We love our friends at Tethered and the stuff that they're doing. Not only the stuff that they're coming out with that is awesome, but also the stuff they're doing for the hunting community. They are crushing the game. So check them out at tetherednation.com. With that being said, guys, I am, again, super proud of you for making it through another offseason. But let's... Uh, start off with a bang. I'm ready for this weekend. If you uh, have success, let me know about it. If you feel like you've had success from uh, due to any of the guests that we've talked to um, or anything like that, send me a message on Facebook and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting, and uh, we'll be happy to share that. I am extremely excited about this season. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm also confident that you're going to enjoy this episode with Ben Harrison. So let's talk about some Tennessee velvet bucks all right guys welcome oh man i just like knocked my mic all over the place uh <laughs> welcome to the southern ground hunting podcast it is um my pleasure to introduce a indiana pro you know what i think this is our first time to ever have a northerner on the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, but hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm Southern by the grace of God. I'm, <laughs> I live up here. I, I live up here, but I'm definitely a Tennessean. But that's okay. I won't hold that against you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's great. No, this is uh, we've got Ben Harrison on the line, and today we are going to talk about Ben's pretty freaking awesome weekend that he had this weekend um, in in Tennessee. Man, how was that? Was that like the best? The coolest thing ever? Uh, I tell you what, uh, it's going to be hard to top, uh, especially for, you know, kind of a surprise hunt kind of deal. And then yeah. you know, kind of got thrown on us. <laughs> It'd be tough to top that one. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. So, so you're from Tennessee originally, right? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're born and raised. Is that right? Yep. Born and raised, uh, uh outside in between Adams and Clarksville, Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Okay. So that that's why you don't have a, a Yankee accent or anything. So that's good. Right. You know, if if that's honestly, never get one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, honestly, if you would have picked up the phone and I would have heard a Yankee accent, it would have been a little bit difficult for me to air this episode. <laughs> good deal. Uh, ben, could you tell us a little bit about kind of what you do for a living and uh, and in your background and how you got started hunting? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm in insurance sales. I've I've done that since I got out of college. It's been a it's been a good career. I get to work with a lot of people, and um, and I'm I'm currently working in an insurance office. And it's it's I got a I've got a really understanding boss, and that's something that uh, when when I interviewed for the job when we moved up here, we actually moved up here. Uh, my wife got a job out of college, and um, 
we moved up here and, and I interviewed for the job and I told him, I said, man, I really don't like working in November. And, uh, he said, well, I understand that I, I'm a big deer hunter. I said, okay, we, we're on an understanding. And he gives me a lot of time off and, um, I work my tail off for him when I'm, you know, when I'm at work. So, so that you're saying that's all good. a guy has to do is just tell their boss, Hey, you know, I really don't like working in November and they, that should work. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, you can uh everybody can try that uh and but i would i would recommend uh proving yourself and 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 knowing what you're doing and <laughs> you have to know your limitations obviously i mean it was, he was in a unique position and any other sales guy and, and i was i was the one he needed so uh yeah but yeah it definitely it worked out for me so you know if it worked out for me i guess i don't see why it wouldn't work out for everybody else but that's awesome uh, yeah but we we moved up here um uh three years ago and i really enjoyed the area you know so is there um, any have you have you run into any vols fans while you've been out there i haven't uh you know and that's the thing uh there you know you talk to them and uh, you talk i talk to you about sports about i live actually live in bloomington and uh i use here and they're all about their iu basketball football is not a big deal so uh, i don't really even know if they know we're what a ball is <laughs> a lot of them, so it's, uh, it, but yeah, that's, uh, a lot of my friends still come, you know, they actually see them more during deer season, uh, now because, uh, we'll come up and stay with me and I'll be here, you know, about two or three week period. I have a lot of friends that come up. That's awesome, man. I'm trying to find a friend in Indiana. So if you, if you know of anybody <laughs> well you play your cards right i know i know a few people may give you right up here fantastic uh, but uh yeah yeah so you gotta, hey. so you do all of your hunting there in indiana i think you told me it's on public land correct yes yeah i'd say 95 percent is i mean i've got a few small places but you know on private but those are mo- mostly you know i'll run some cams there uh some jump in spots uh but the private places that i do have are pressured so hard um i don't care where where you're living at i mean if you get a lot of pressure uh, you know i've never had any luck with that so let you know i know you're talking about indiana and public land but i really 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 want to dive into into this story of this buck how did this all come about from so from the moment you heard about the tennessee velvet hunt what what was going through your mind what happened in that well uh fortunately uh when when we heard about it i mean it, it kind of blindsided i mean it really blindsided a lot of people including game wardens and other people they didn't even know it was a thing uh and when it was announced, I did me being up here, I didn't have off the opportunity really to get any plots in. I mean, I really didn't have time to really get prepared for it. But fortunately, I had started this process on this farm we hunt. It's it's a about four hundred fifty acres, and, and you know, that's substantial size. But um, you know, but there's a few guys that are on it. You know, they're, they're hunting and and. I had set out, uh, I've started 11 mineral sites, uh, two years ago. 
and I've kept them up and, and it's, you know, you say, that's kind of excessive. You know, I, it seems excessive to me, you know, just like, why would you, you know, if you look at my Google maps and it's just pins everywhere, you know, just cover, trying to cover every main travel route or every, you know, main ridge point or, you know, just whatever, just pockets and inside corners and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, but having doing that, I had, I basically had a plan at that point, you know, saturate the areas with cams, you know, get, you know, get them out there. I got all my cams out in June and I did not check them until two weeks prior to the hunt. Wow. And the reason for that, I didn't, you know, that data is irrelevant to me because I need to have, you know, my, my buddy Matt and, and if I mention him again, he's, He's the best hunter out of our group and my friends and stuff. I mean, he's got more big gear than all my friends and me, myself included, put together. I mean, he's he knows the stuff. His woodmanship's just over the top, and he just he just knows how to how to do it, get it done. But anyway, uh, come back to that. I, I saturated with cans, and then you know I went and checked them, and I found it was pretty disappointing. I found two deer that I would shoot. <laughs> Out of you know on this 450 acre parcel you know, and uh, and they were in two completely different areas. So it wasn't like you know I just go to this you know this one area and I've got you know I can shoot one of the two. No, that's not you know the case. And uh, so you know I said okay, well you know it's kind of it is what it is. And 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 I've got another friend. He actually hunts the two farms on each, you know two farms on each side of me. On, on each side of the 450 acres and and uh he's been an integral part to me shooting anything period because i'm not down there yeah. you know like i don't know you know so uh so we share everything freely you know I, I i went and when i got down there uh uh thursday night because uh, the hunt started on a friday when i got down there it's like 11 o'clock p.m and hmm. I, I was talking to my buddy matt about it and uh i was like man i don't do I need to check cams and tomorrow at lunchtime? What do you, and we're talking and he made a good point. He said, the way deer are right now, you're risking, even though you're stepping 10 foot into the woods off the fence, you're risking bumping that deer mm. because that, you know, there's so much covered right now. I mean, this is totally, it's a totally new ballpark. We're not, this time of year, we're normally riding around glassing bean fields and just, you know, living the pipe dream kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't wait. You know, this ha- happens. So that's a um, that's an interesting part of this whole thing is like, um, and, and for anybody who doesn't know about the Tennessee Velvet Hunt, um, Tennessee did this three-day, right? It was Friday, Friday through Sunday. Was that right? Right. Correct. Tennessee did this Velvet buck hunt Friday through a Sunday, and then, there, and then the Tennessee season closed back again until – normal normal times and so um this is kind of an interesting opportunity and kind of going with what you were talking about the way the deer are now it's a totally different animal almost you're you're hitting their mm-hmm. summer patterns that you're just otherwise not really going to see and i mean i just started seeing any signs of scrapes and and you know hearing about people who have got mock scrapes set up and stuff like that um and it's not normal to get to hunt deer while they're that way. And so, and then aside from that, there's only a few states you can actually kill a deer in velvet in. And so like, right. this is just a, it's a cool opportunity and it was only on private land. So you couldn't do it mm-hmm. on public land. Otherwise, 
Otherwise, I'd be I'd have been in Tennessee this weekend. <laughs> You'd be making a road trip. Yeah, yeah. I'm only I'm only heck uh, an hour away from the Tennessee line, so um, okay. I'd have been there. But um, so that's kind of a little. We didn't really explain what it was for anybody who might not oh, know. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean it's just an interesting thing, and it's so different from. I mean, you don't really hear of the government. Or the state saying, "Yeah, sure, we'll give you, we'll give you an extra yeah, three days." We'll give you the opportunity. That's cool, yeah. man. And I would, I, I'd say that we're going to see more states follow that lead. Yeah. Um, I don't see how they couldn't, because you know, I would, I bet, life and sales, and you know, bow purchases, and uh, you know, everything kind of just jumped up because you know, most of the time people in our area, you know, the area I'm from, parcel area, Middle Tennessee, they go to Kentucky mm-hmm. to kill their velvet deer. Now, they may have a 50-acre farm or 100-acre farm that they have permission on, but they probably, you know, they may not even hunt that. They may just hunt, predominantly hunt Kentucky. Well, guess what? You can hunt a, a week earlier in Tennessee. Yeah. Where you're going to absolutely do it. And it's, it's, you know, and, you, and that's even our group in general, like, our group, I mean, we had uh, Matt's uncle came down from Ohio, uh, a good a good friend of ours uh, came down from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> so you're bringing money into the state yeah. when you do that. I mean, you're, I mean, th- those two, th- neither one of those guys would have been in Tennessee that weekend. So you're just creating an opportunity, and that's the same thing with fishing tournaments and everything else. If you have an opportunity to bring people into your town or state, you need to do it. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's that's where I you know this economic benefit I can see and out we were all going you know so and it's but, like it's uh, it's around three hundred dollars right for an out of state Kentucky or a correct. Tennessee license and except for except for me okay because I'm a native Tennessean okay I did, that's, and that's they start and that's oh it's it's been Tennessee Tennessee hunting for me has drastically improved and this is something that goes back to Tennessee trying to they are doing things and they're listening to hunters and they're looking at the economic benefits and obviously because you know I have to drive from uh, you know uh, you know a, a Midwest state through one of the top states <laughs> in the nation to hunt in now to get to Tennessee yeah and you know, what's going to entice me to do that? Well, they're bringing people back that were born in Tennessee. If you're born in Tennessee, you can you can pay, you can get a native Tennessee license and pay resident rates. So that's insane. Now I, yeah. And that's the thing, like what, you know, you know, I could have spent that, you know, you know, the money, you know, and it's not that it's really not that much money when you think about it. If you go multiple times, you know, it spreads out over a mm-hmm. big time, you know, timeline, but, I could have spent that money in Illinois. Yeah, but I didn't. I, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't have to. I, I didn't have to spend three hundred bucks on the tag. I, you know, and I bought my my tag and I use them. But, um, but yeah, that's that's you know something. I, you know, I've seen. I've been personally affected by you know two things. I mean, in the last couple of years that have been awesome for me. I mean, I, I'm thankful for it. That's. I mean, that sounds. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. I, I'm from Texas originally, and I feel like Texas. 
uh, keeps going up and up and up and up on their out on their non-resident license. So I can't go back home for a few days during November, which I will be. Um, I can't get a, a deer license for it's like it's like over three hundred dollars. And so, mm. man, I'm that's I wish more states would follow in line with Tennessee on that kind of stuff because it seems like you know they're they're really listening to hunters like you were saying. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I interrupted you with that, but, um, I really think that's kind of an important thing when we're talking about this velvet hunt. Um, so you got there, you were going to check the cameras and, you know, knowing kind of how the deer behavior is this time of year, you decided that probably wasn't a good idea. Uh, actually, uh, we decided, uh, yeah, cause we decided not to go in there, you know, midday. So he's like, you need to check him tonight. Okay. I was driving down. I was like. Okay, and it, it makes perfect sense. Cause mm-hmm. The thing is, you're not going, and that, that I kind of it, it kind of changed like kind of a philosophy of mine. Anyway, I'll go in there and check a trail camera at midnight, and that's what we did. I, mean, I actually met up with my buddy Tyler, and he 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 went with me, and um, he helped me open gates and you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But but uh, we went around, and I pulled on on. All, all my cams because I was needing the cams anyway for up here in Indiana anyway and uh, pulled them all and it was I was getting the uh, I called the buck I ended up getting I called him blades just because his twos are just so bladed they're like two and a half three inches wide yeah. I mean it's crazy look and it's hard to photograph a deer like that well but when you walk up to him you're like yep I mean that's that's it you know uh, and the, the, there was another buck about 125 inch nine pointer that I, I was would have been happy to get, and but I got them all on camera, but I didn't have a picture of either one of them within the last six seven days. Okay. So and this is something you know, and it's the thing. Like I think you learn bits and pieces. Even more more sample points you have out there, you know, more cams you have out there, more you can learn. More and then that's what's great about these podcasts because you can learn from people that have done stuff. And like, oh, I'm gonna try this. But my guess is, and this is kind of some things I've seen from some guys on Facebook and stuff. They kind of got shut off on the mineral a little bit. You know, they kind mm-hmm. of they you know their mineral. You know, peak mineral for me is like the 10th of August through the 15th. I mean, that's the m- most mineral pictures I'm gonna get of, of a buck, and then they they just start dropping because I guess the body's not needing certain things and something else I kind of like throw in there that I noticed when um, if food if their food choices you know the food source changes at all it can change that because then you know now they're not going to that mineral and then going to browse they're getting what they need from another food source and um, yeah so you know yeah so Went check cams, and uh, my my buddy Tyler texted me uh, Friday about lunchtime because I was just doing evening hunts. Um, I didn't want to booger anything up, or you know, I I had some places in mind that I wanted to go, and and the place I hunt, it's you know, I said four hundred fifty acres, but it's basically eighty percent woods, mature timber, big ridges. Mm-hmm. Surrounded, and the fields, only fields on me are overgrazed cow pastures. I'm talking overgrazed, yeah, 
to the point of get the cows off or you're going to kill all your grass kind of thing <laughs> that had that had just been bush hogged like two days prior so the absolute opposite situation you want for for fields i mean because i didn't have any i didn't have any uh clover um i basically hunting a prairie grass that's covered in dead prairie grass <laughs> uh covered by a thistle um you know and but when i you know um but there is some ag across the road from me and stuff and that's the thing like i'm just keep honing into that that's the food source that's my food source but I've got to figure out, you know, figure out the deer, you know, coming to that. So anyway, so buddy, uh, hogs at me Friday, you know, at lunchtime, he said, Hey, I went and checked the cam across the road, which is probably, I mean, it's, you know, 800 yards probably. I mean, we're talking, Ooh, um, probably close to a half mile from where I, uh, where I was getting pictures of the buck. He said, I got a picture of, of that buck you're wanting to shoot blades and he said um he's across the road he's over here he's over here this morning well this is friday morning this is the first evening i was gonna go try to shoot that deer (laughs) and 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 he's half mile and i know he's not you know i know he's not gonna say oh it's noon i need to go back across the road you know like he's over there for the day yeah so um so i so he's like well go sit here i've been seeing some deer when i'm checking cows and and that's the thing he's he's like my eyes for me when i'm you know and that's the thing he doesn't have to do that stuff he didn't have to tell me my the buck i was wanting to hunt was across the road but that's we work together i mean i show him every picture on my farm on the farm we hunt just because um you know like it's you know i want him to have the information he needs too you know like you you know whatever you know you talked to me about that um, before we started recording, you started you talked about you know the importance of hunting with friends and having friends that you can trust and that that trust you and how it can you know a lot of times be more beneficial than than anything. Mm-hmm. And you know yeah. I think that's I think that's incredible to have those kind of friends because hunting a lot of times you, you even said it, it seems it feels secretive a lot of times you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you worried about this and that and hey I, I can't tell anybody about this deer you know and you know i i haven't had to be that way i i have a lot more enjoyment when i can share a picture and say you know with my friends and say hey you know i man this is the deer i'm you know we we can name, i can let them name them and i'm hey i'm going after you know towers tonight or whatever and that's uh that's the name my buddy matt came up with one of the public ground deer we're hunting but uh and just you know it's it's where they can be involved in the hunt you know with me and help me strategize hey how do i do this but yeah um but yeah but he told me about that and uh so i went he's like go down here you know so i was okay and then i talked to matt and uh he and i was like well i'm thinking about sitting in this tree well he's like no i would sit here and that you know that's just you know kind of thing like this is you know help you make an educated decision the best we can i mean they're deer they're not you know, not, you know, they're not really easy to pattern, but uh, right. you can somewhat. So, um, I sat there, didn't see the nine pointer cause that was the buck I was hunting because my other buck was across the road. And when I was walking in, I walked beside a fence row, uh, uh big fixed fence row red oak. And I looked down and I saw two little bitty green red oak acres. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean, this is, I mean, I never do any scouting other than glassing and running trail cams in August. Like, why would I be out there wanting to get out the ticks if I don't have to? Right. And, and I was like, I know exactly where I'm going tomorrow. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't, didn't see any shooters or didn't see my nine pointer. So I left out and I was like, I said, you know, I just told myself, I said, look, even though that buck was over there, over across the road, a half mile away from me. I'm going, I know where exactly where I'm hunting because I have this, there's this place and we call it the, the cut through. And it's really not a bottleneck because the deer actually prefer to cross open pastures at night um, than to go, you know, walk beside houses and stuff. So it, it kind of looks like a bottleneck, but it's not one because they don't want to walk. They actually come up through there and then they go across the big pastures. But anyway, and, uh, there is some, uh, this place, the place that I'm hunting was logged pretty hard uh, about 10 years ago, but there were a lot of home place oaks in this, in the cut through. And the cut through is literally 150 yards off the road. I mean, my tree is like, I can see every truck that goes by, I can tell who's driving it kind of thing. And I'm surrounded by, my fields are overgrazed pasture. And like, I mean, it's bad, <laughs> but I, but I knew that I know the trees that are in there, you know, like, okay, you know, just keep in mind. And I'm really, I'm only probably 250 yards away from where I was getting pictures of blades, but this was seven days ago, but I'm still like, okay, if he changed, why wouldn't he become, why wouldn't he want to come up through here and get some acres? Because now he's eating acres. Mm-hmm. That's just that's that's what I've told myself. I found two acorns under that one tree. There's going to be some acorns somewhere. So, what? Well, uh, so I I went there. You know, it's 92 degrees when I'm walking in. I actually and even I parked in a different area than I normally park. I was like, this guy. I mean, try to be as strategic as possible because I know that if he's there, he's going to be bedded within 40 yards of me. So 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 let me ask you. Yep. Let me ask you this before we get into that. How was how was the deer activity as a whole? You know, obviously we know the ending of the story that you were successful, but you know this time of the year is kind of crazy. How was it? You know, even when you weren't seeing the deer you wanted to kill, were you still seeing deer? So it's opposite of what this is just a small snapshot, obviously, um, but it's opposite of what what is comfortable to us. So this is just a perception that uh, me and Matt, and that's what I'm saying. I keep referring to my friends because that's who I talk to about this stuff. But me and Matt were talking about it, and uh, he's, you know, he's, you know, that, that Friday was awesome. It was like 75 degrees, overcast, good breeze the whole time. Um, you know, the, it was fabulous. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was it's what you think of as a, like an early October evening. I mean, it yeah. was awesome. And we're talking, and he's like, yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything tonight. And because we feel like, and I don't have any data to back this up. I'm sure the study is done. But, I, you know, with, with the real cool, because that morning it was like mid-50s, those deer loiter around so much, and they're not in any rush to get back to it. It's not like, ah, son, you know, it's 75, 80, I need to go <laughs> lay down. Yeah. So they, they, you know, they're, they take their time. They, you know, go where, you know, they may get to their bedding area or bedroom at the same time, 
but they're loitering around feeding browsing you know and they may get up more during the day because it's not as hot it's overcast it's comfortable but they're staying in their area their safe zone but they're just getting up you know and doing their thing and that evening movement was basically non-existent for everyone that I talked to and um, talking to some good hunters and some guys that had deer on and a lot of good deer on camera. And as far, as far as mature buck movement, like it was just non-existent. I mean, it didn't happen. Hmm. And we were talking about it. And this is our kind of our little thought was that when you had that, that, blazingly hot day sun beating down that deer's conserving water not wanting to be at hot trying to stay in the shade and when it starts to cool off that movement is more deliberate it's 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 a switch and they're you know they're going to move mm-hmm. i mean they're and that's the thing like everything's going to move at one time because they haven't been moving and uh so and that and that's kind of like well you know, we were talking about, I and mean, he's always said it. I mean, he's, you know, sunny day, he's jacked up about hunting. Overcast day when it's comfortable and it's, everybody's in a good mood and stuff, he's just like, I'm not going to see anything. And and it's it it's, keeps showing itself to be true because that even, and it was 90, I mean, it was 92 when we're going in. And I mean, I took a, I never take selfies. I don't do it, but I did just mess with the guys and stuff on Snapchat and, uh, I took a selfie and it was almost six o'clock and it was 89 degrees. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm sweating and it's just, oh, it's terrible. And, uh, I ended up shooting a buck 30 minutes later. That's uh, great. Yeah. So, so you went in, I kind of interrupted you a little bit. Um, that's fine. I'm, I'm a ramble on if you don't stop me. Oh yeah. That's, that's <laughs> great. I interrupted you a little bit. You were talking about, you know, kind of your your whole your whole move going to where you were where you were going um but you you found the those those acorns there and kind of just changed your game plan yeah so and this goes back to the history of the farm you know it's it's not i think we you know even though i'm going all these details and like i'm putting all these cans out and all this stuff use your head think about what you've experienced in the past, because there's all these transitions. So, you know, it's just constant transition, transition, you know, just changing from this food, to this food. And that's a spot early season, like opening weekend, which is always, you know, you know, end of September in Tennessee, end of September through early October. I can always, I always see a lot of deer up there because there's the, the, the acre trees. I mean, the oak trees are so, you know, they're huge and they're always loaded and, that's if I have oaks in only one place, it's going to be where they're at. So mm-hmm. I knew that, like if if I have anything dropping, I'm going to have something dropping there. And, and so it just went back to the history of that farm and saying, "Look, this buck that I want to shoot was living here all summer, and this is a place deer like to hang out." And because I didn't have any trail cameras or anything running in this spot. I stayed out of the spot because it's one of my hunting spots. I don't want to go in there and run stuff and send it up over and over. Because basically it's a, when I go in there, it's a virgin sit. I haven't been in there. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's something we all value immensely. You know, my whole group is the virgin sit. You don't, you want to sit in the first time. It's when your best chance, you know? Yep. I always say and, uh, first time, best time. 
Yeah, first time's best time, and and I felt like that this was my best chance, you know, and uh, and that's and that's what ended up happening, you know, like and I, I have there is zero doubt in my mind that even if I had a can down, you know, two hundred fifty yards from where I was getting pictures of him all all summer up until that you know, week before, that deer didn't walk by that spot. I could have been sitting right over that mineral, and he would ne- I've never seen him because. He he didn't have he didn't have a reason to be up there. He was getting whatever he needed from the from those uh, acorns right there that he knew that did that just started falling. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's and that's you know then that's kind of the the you know it's kind of the process of of just learning a place. You you got to you know if you got to write it down or remember, just remember where you like to see deer. I mean you can't hunt. You're not going to kill deer if there aren't deer there. Mm-hmm. So you you know just remember where you see there even if it's walking out like on public and stuff we do a lot of times if, if we're walking out and we see a big deer like middle of the day and somewhere you best believe we're making a note of what time of year or somebody's gonna be sitting there <laughs> yeah and that's just because I mean you you have to remember that stuff it's just you know because these where the 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 feeding patterns all this stuff changes. They repeat themselves though every year. They go through the same stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, you know that's kind of what what we were driving at. So and that's kind of that's kind of what we do here with our trail cameras is basically just setting up trail cameras and not touching them until pretty much till deer season is over to use them as intel for the next year. You know you've got to you've got to do that because mm-hmm. that, that's the best that's your best chance of being able to go in like you're talking about on a first sit best sit especially on public land where. You know, we're scouting new areas every spring and summer. You know, one year we may not be hunting the same areas that we hunted the year before that. Um, but a good, solid way to tell if you're in a good area is, you know, just use trail camera intel that you have from the previous season. Exactly. And, you go off those dates. Yeah. Those specific dates. You know, if, if it's not, if you don't have a high deer population in the area, but you're getting with your deer, you know, if you got him on the 14th of November, Hunt each day and including, but hunt three days in a row right there. Yeah. Because, I mean, know that, hey, I am going off something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, and that's kind of, that's, and that's what we're doing with, I don't check any cams during, there's, during the rut. I mean, I really yeah. don't. I mean, because everything's so crazy. You need to, you're, you know, you're wasting valuable hunting time during that moment, you know, and I, and I, like I said, like I told you earlier, I, I don't, I don't think I'm a great bow hunter. Like I don't like I, I hunt a lot, and I shoot deer, and you know I enjoy the heck out of it. But I have not, I have made nowhere close to mastering this thing because I'm just overdoing it and getting some success out of it. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know what I'm saying. So I'm right yeah, there with but, you. But I did the same thing. Yeah, I ran. I had like 15 cams out that I pulled uh, after gun season closed, you know, here. I mean, I even let them run during deer season, gun season. And, and see, I hang all my cans 10, 12 foot off the ground. And it's, it's kind of, that's another process. Uh-huh. But, uh, but uh, and, and I did that as much to see how many hunters I saw. And that was one area that was, uh, we hunted, we called it Oz. Um, me and my buddy, uh, Cece, we, we really enjoyed the heck out of hunting the place. I mean, it's 
neat. I mean, we had to access it by boat and, you know, it was super thick in areas and difficult to get into. You're talking, and, uh, you're talking my kind of stuff right now. That's, yeah. that's pretty much yeah. all I do is kayak access. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we, we were in our kayaks. I'll send you some pictures later, but um, Dude, that's awesome. But we, we had, a, but we go in there and, um, I ended up, it was the day before gun season and I kind of, I didn't hit my end, but I had buck tags in Tennessee and everybody was done traveling up to hunt with me. And, and it, it's such a big process hunting the way I want to hunt up here anyway. Mm-hmm. I, we, we, we team hunt, you know, like I told you earlier, we, you know, it's the, kind of like the term we use. I did, I knew I wasn't, that was, that was going to be my last two raw. So, um, I ended up killing a, killing a 10 pointer on public ground walking out. Oh, wow. Um, I, cool. he just was walk, walking through. I, I'd walked a bunch of, I'd walked there big, bigger than him, but he's a nice deer and I really couldn't tell what he was, you know, but I just said, Oh man, Tim, you know, and I, shot him <laughs> so i ended that's, up taking him out by the boat but uh that's cool but we uh you know, it's, it's cool you know it's a cool story and i got meat out of it and everything but uh but the uh but anyway yeah we 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 do that and and it's i don't even know how i got to talking about that oh yeah the intel but yeah and you pull all the cams and i pulled cams on oz which was the hardest place for us to get to and it's nasty and just few trees and just all the stuff i had 13 hunters on my camera <laughs> 13 that'll make your and stomach all, drop on every it. every day i mean i had a guy and the thing is i had uh, there's two scenarios that were just and it just summed up the whole thing you know i had there was one picture that had four guys standing there and they're right directly like center frame of this camera <laughs> how in the heck they didn't see it i have no idea and now it's just it's just and this one even has probably eight foot off the ground looking right at them and i can see them looking at their phones talking about this air drive they're doing right and they're all in orange they got the guns and everything and they're pointing this and that i mean i've got a bunch of pictures of them talking <laughs> and they, and they uh and and then the next photo i get is a guy dragging a doe by my camera. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I was like, I have, uh, I'm never going back there. And CC's mad at me. He's like, you're going with me. Cause he really likes the place. And I'm like, man, I was like, I'm not going back there, but, but that's, but that's just, he keeps me to so that, that in itself, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't have any fear of my losing my camera fall off the camera. I know there's so much pressure anyway. You know, somebody took it, but, uh, but in that scenario, I knew there's absolutely no way I'm going back there. Yeah. Because it's not secluded. It's, you know, it's not hard to get to. It's, you know, these guys are coming in on boat and they're just hammering it. And it's not a place I want to be. Um, but, but it's just, I don't know. Like, it's, it's funny. Like, we, it's just, but, but, and then there's other places that I hung cams on pinches and stuff. And it, if I, if you want me to, get back to the velvet i can't even to the point but oh you're there's good. other places that i put you know we put cams on the heads of these big drains that we found and they they the cams are like 25 yards off the road i mean they're not far and some of them are by hiking trails and stuff like that and never see another hunter ever wow. and it's like a major pinch point like 
I mean, I'm getting mature buck after mature buck on these places. Not a huge deer density, what have you, but there's no hunters. Yeah. So you know that you've got a shot, you know, if you're not getting pressure. Um, but so but anyway, yeah, that's, I mean, that's things I learned from it. You know, this is yeah. the I can drive right up to it versus boating in a mile and a half. <laughs> you know, like, why am I, you know, and that's it. But you, you have to like, have the information and I didn't have any information until I pulled the cans and I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. So, so uh, let's get back to the, to this velvet hunt. Um, you talk about, we were talking about, you know, the ability to be flexible and have Intel on your property and kind of know how the deer react on your property. So what are, are you running like a mobile kind of a running gun, running gun setup for this to be able to kind of change your plan last minute um, or was this an area that you already had a stand hung? I do 100% of my hunting out of my API climber. Okay. 100%. Um, we now, Tennessee, I've neglected this farm. Like, I say neglected, but, like, I haven't went through in my sets and cut lanes. And that was, a, that was almost a problem with this hunt. Um, but, you know, yeah, we just, I just, cause I want to be mobile. I want to be, we pack in and we go, you know, mm-hmm. I, I haven't had an issue. I haven't had an issue hunting in Southern Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio with using my climber. Um, so that's, and that's, yeah. So I, yes, yeah, I'm totally mobile where I go is a lot of times when I get to the place, I figure out where I'm going. And I just, I mean, there are, some places that I have hunted out of walk-ons before, but I do not have any permanent stands hung okay. anywhere. So pretty interesting. You're the, this is going to be two podcasts in a row where the person that we were talking to hunts out of an API climber. So yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool and little it's pattern. An older one too. It's okay. an older one too. So, okay. So. so, so you're, you're already basically running a mobile setup. Um, did you have kind of an idea of where, you know, you thought the tree that was going to be, have the most acorns dropping was, or did you go back to the tree that you, that you had seen them the day before? Um, it's, I climb the same tree every time I hunt this spot. Okay. It's a look, the, the, all of the, all of the oaks are in a little bitty drain. That's the only reason they're there is because it wasn't farmed. Okay. And it and it, it can't it's too it was too steep to um I'd say get keep maintained and that's and so it's it's all and it's there's there was an old fence through there there's not a fence there anymore but that's the thing it's just old home place oaks and it's just a line of them and I mean it's wide open underneath too I mean it's the cows work it I mean it's bare dirt <laughs> you know so it's uh but yeah, that's uh, the answer to your question. Yeah, I, I climbed the same tree. I mean, it's a, it's a one. Of the, it's a tree Matt picked out. And he, you know, um, you know, Matt knows what he's doing, tree. buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, you know, and that's and I lean on a lot of my friends, you know, for stuff. And but that's just one of the things. I, I don't like having. I don't want to have to make that decision if I don't have to. I, you know, now to, you know, or I like to use Intel or like, hey, this is what we figured out, you know, because I've said, I've said in the inside corner or up against the block of woods, you know, off that little finger. And 
I've had deer walk through the middle of the finger and I couldn't shoot them or walk around it and I couldn't shoot them. And that's the thing, like that was the best tree that we knew of, you know, that yeah. we found um, for the, for all, you know, kind of a general tree, but um, it was a specific tree though. Um, yeah. It's definitely been climbed a few times. So you got, so you get, you get to your spot you you knew where your spot was going to be at. Um, what, about what time were you going in, you know, with this hot weather, what time were you starting, starting your hunt? So, uh, uh, Friday, I got, everybody, everybody and, and their mama was in the stand at four o'clock, um, cause it was nice. Uh, but Saturday I actually got climbed up about five, yeah, about five o'clock okay. is when I got, five, got climbed up and it was about 92 degrees, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, fortunately man. I didn't have to cut any limbs or anything, but, but it was still tough. Um, thermosil rolling the whole deal yeah you uh, need it definitely need it yeah that time of year mm-hmm. so you get climbed up about about five o'clock how about how long did it take for the deer to start kind of coming through there um uh, i took uh, uh like uh, i'd say six o'clock uh, and okay. and see i couldn't hear anything i couldn't like hear anything because it's all you know there's no leaves on the ground everything's yeah. dry and just you know the only thing i could hear there's they they were crossing they were crossing right at the base of my little line of timber where it meant the big block um they were crossing the fence right there so i'd hear them jump the fence and then i would see legs because the canopy is so thick i, I mean literally i had there were there were like five shooting lanes i need to cut on the spot and I got really lucky in the end, but I could see legs. So I, you know, I kneel down and like sit down on my platform basically and throw my glasses on them. And then, yeah, it was a doe and a spike came through first. And then, but where they came through, there was one hole that they walked by. It was along the fence because it, it just envisioned this finger connects to the woods, but there, uh, the woods block actually has a fence running along it, you know, to keep the cattle out of the woods. Okay. So, I'm in the cattle. I'm in the pasture. I mean, like I'm in the pasture. So they're having to come jump the fence to get into this overgrazed pasture to to get to me. But I I'm there for the acorns. But anyway, there was uh, there was one hole that I found that I, they walked through. So I arranged it. It's 45 yards. So I actually set my uh, my slider for 45. Hmm. In anticipation of because I was like, if he comes through there. I'm drawing and I'm shooting him right there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, because I was like, because I'm going to have one opportunity, then he's going to be in the field and I ain't going to have an opportunity. Well, then uh, 30 minutes later, you know, about 630, uh, I hear deer jump the fence. So I jump up, you know, I'm like, I'm up, real, you know, I'm ready <laughs> and I'm ready to draw on that hole and I see legs kind of coming to me a little bit. So I was like, okay, so I put bow down, put it back down to 20 look and it's uh it's there were two bucks that were running with blades um they were they're younger they were a little bit younger than him i mean at least a year younger than him uh you know i'm gonna call them three i don't know how they are but um one of them had a broke uh main beam on him he'd snapped it i don't know when he snapped it but he'd already wow. snapped it and uh and I, that's the first one i saw first and i'm like okay it's going down because I know Blaze is with him. Like, I just knew it. So I looked at him, then I hear another deer jump since look. It's the other 10-pointer. I was like, Blaze is behind him. I know he's behind him. 
So the, the, the two little tens are kind of coming up to me, and I'm getting a little nervous. I'm like, I can't shoot them. Like, um, outside of 17 yards their direction, I had zero shots. I could see legs. I'd see a head or something. I like literally no shots. Like I had no holes, anything. I had to get them out in the field or they'd have to walk past me or to the 17 yards. Well, the two 10 pointers walked up and I actually had no shot at them ever. They came in about 25 years away out into the field. And now, and then they, then I had holes, you know, for them out, out there, but they never walked through. I was wasn't concerned where they went anyway. And then I heard uh, when they got about 25 yards, I heard another dude jump the fence and I looked and I could tell it was him. Um, so, you know, what ended up happening to him, he took a different route. Obviously, you know, the shooter always does. Yeah. <laughs> he walked straight to me. I mean, I'm talking like it took him two minutes and I was shaking by the time he got up there, but he walked a straight line to me eating some kind of, I don't even know what kind of weed this was. It's one of them just weeds that grows out in cow pastures, you know, that nothing eats, you know, because mm-hmm. cows don't eat it. And he's nibbling on stuff. I'm like, this is the craziest food idea. Then I see him pick up a few acorns. And I'm like, yep, he's doing what I thought he'd be doing. And he got to about 10 yards, but he was facing me. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, nah, I can't take this one, you know, and I'm just waiting. And then he actually uh, made a little turn. And then um, I could not see, actually, I couldn't see the top half of his uh, vitals like mid body, like I had a cedar limb going across it and then it was all limbs. So I actually had to, I drew and knelt down and then, um, slipped an arrow under the limb on him. And then, um, yeah. So, um, I I don't know if you, I mean, I guess there's really anything else I can tell you other than, uh, the, uh, when I got down, I I waited a while and I watched it. The shot looked great. You know, all the deer run off. Well, I can't see where they go. They just kind of went back the direction they came from. And uh, I'm talking to everybody. I'm calling people. And, you know, then we're talking. And I'm like, because it's still early. It's 630, you know. And uh, and we uh, we talked about it. And I was like, I'm going to wait 30 minutes. And then, because I'm going to see if any of those deer come back, see if he's with them, you know, whatever, you know, things yeah. happen. And uh, didn't see anything else. So I climbed down every time he was quiet. And uh, we down to look at my arrow. And it's stomach matter. Mm. Just, um, I'm talking the cleanest, worst looking arrow, other than, you know, which I'd rather have a clean miss than a uh, wound, but no blood, like literally no blood at this impact site. And I didn't, I just walked up to it and looked at it. And I pulled it out of the ground, smelled it, and I stuck it straight back in the ground. I didn't even take a step past that. I looked around a little bit, but I didn't go past it. And I went back and I called everybody and, uh, we talked about, you know, some things and, um, what I ended up doing, I just took all, took all my stuff down and I walked straight out. I mean, I'm as straight to the truck as I could decided to come back. Um, and I, it's the, what I saw was a double long shot. And I know he's quartered to me just a touch, but the double, I mean, it looked like a double long when I shot him. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was like, how could this be anything else? You know, but, um, and I, I, to be honest with you, I got very nervous because I knew, you know, you don't leave them overnight, you know, everything's done, yeah. you know, you're losing that animal. And so, um, 
called Matt. We, you know, well, Matt was talking to me. He's like, we need to wait. You know, he's like, I can go. And I was like, man, I'm nervous about, I was like, because I, I like for it to be a team event, you know, everybody come that wants to come and mm-hmm. enjoy it. And, uh, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm not even taking a light. I said, I'm going to take my bow and I'm going to walk behind you the whole time. And that way, you know, you know, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to shoot him, but I'm just saying like, like, you know, if, if we can, you know, if we need to go back in the morning and what, and he's like, well, he's like, um, he's like, well, what we can do is we can, we can go check it out and see, look for 80 yards. And if we see, you know, you know, if we find either we're going to find him or we're not, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, I agree, you know, like, um, you know, and, but I, I was like, I don't want to mess you up because there's no blood you know and i and i don't want to be kicking around stuff so he's like i'll just take the light and i'll say i'll just walk with you so i walked with him and my dad ended up feeling like going and um he with with kidney stones (laughs) yeah kidney stones feels like crap and so we went and uh we couldn't find out find where he crossed the fence and Matt, mean, meanwhile, Matt's the only one's got a light, and you know, I'm just me and Dad are just walking around with him, kind of thing, and uh, find you know one area where he t- stopped in the field and turned around and looked at me. You could tell what you know where I where the injury was, and then the uh, the end of a little bit of stomach matter, acorns. I mean, full eight, little bitty pieces of acorn. It's crazy, and uh, wow. uh, yeah, and so we. Uh, we ended up going, uh, like we, we lost some blood in the field and we walked back up the fence, jumped the fence, looked, looked down the fence and we could not find any blood where he crossed the fence or anything. And we got to the end point, you know, kind of like down this field kind of does a little, little low spot where they cross a lot. We went down it, nothing. And he made a comment. He said, you know, he said, I wonder if he followed the bucks across the field. And and I'm like I have no idea. And we're just start walking, throws so the light up, and there he is laying there. Wow. He didn't make it out of the field, and he was he was closer to me when I was walking out than he was when I was in my tree. Like I mean, I walked right by him, but the field has enough roll to it. He was hidden, and I was I'm so angry about just not bump. You know how do I know he yeah. didn't lay down on the other side of the fence and then I bump him and then he's gone. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that makes and perfect so the, sense. Yeah, so so, but he was there, and we were we rejoiced, and everybody was jacked up, and um, you know, it was a really good moment. It was cool. My dad, you know, just man, I'm so glad I went, and I, I'm glad you went. You know, like I'm, yeah, because it's and without him, I you know I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff, and um, I wouldn't have his place to hunt. So it's you know it's it's cool. That's he was able to be involved. That's a really cool thing, and it sounds like a pretty pretty cool opportunity to be able to do that in tennessee um man i i hope they keep doing it man that's that's really mm-hmm. neat so so do you have any uh do you have any plans for the rest of the season what are your what do your plans look like so um like i said I, I pulled all my cans out of there because it's september 23rd before i'm hunting again and i've got uh oh yeah so i'm not i don't really i'm not hunting kentucky this year so it frees me up a lot in September. Well, so guess who's pulling cards and getting the last of the, huh. you know, I'm pulling cans. I'm actually pulling cans that I've had out since June. Oh, wow. I haven't, I don't have any idea what's on them. It takes me into that. 
a mile and a half to get to a lot of them you know like i, yeah. I put them out and i leave them you know mm-hmm. and uh so that's that's what we're doing i'm, I'm pulling and um pulling cans i think I, I collectively i you know have about 30 to check and uh and they're all over the place and what i do is i'm gonna physically pull all of them i'm not just switching out cards i'll pull the whole can mm-hmm. because you know yeah, I could take uh, iPad in there and look, look, look. But I've missed deer before by doing that. Mm-hmm. So I just pull them. I just pull the whole thing. And then that way I've got all my inventory. I've got, you know, 30 cans, you know, whatever, you know, in a pile. And then I go through and I, I'm going to figure out which two places I want to saturate again and figure out. How you know where? What am I going to do to try to figure out? You know, find that deer because whatever I've been doing in the past, I mean, I've shot, I shoot deer. I mean, I, I kill deer in the rut and stuff, and that's not a problem. You know, I don't. I've never killed a big deer. I, you know, you asked about goal. Here's a goal for you. I'd love to shoot a 150. Yeah. Never. I've never shot a 150. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't want to shoot 150 unless they're shooting 170s. But you know, that's you know that's kind of my focus this year. Like, okay. I am going to target two main spots, you know, based off of the data I get. Hey, this is the best opportunities. And I'm I'm really not going to be hunting a lot early season. I'm not hunting any blind. If I, if I get a deer on during daylight, you know, some kind of pattern or just in the area during daylight, absolutely I'll go in there hunting. But I'll – you bet that I'll be checking cans and checking cans on the other places and doing and doing a lot more, you know, when I say scouting, doing a lot more cam work because I, I don't really think I have, I don't feel like I have a lot of talent scouting wise. And, you know, I can tell what a rub is and I can tell what a scrape is, but I don't, I, you know, just terrain features and, and knowing, Hey, this is where that buck's betting. I don't know that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't, I, I you know, Dan Fault and all those guys that, that know all that stuff, yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, that's great, but I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that weakness that I have and just use my cams. I mean, what's better than a pitcher? You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things, but like that's what I that's what I can bring to the table. I can oversaturate it and try to get an idea of what kind of man. That's what helped me here, you know. So just stick with what's working, you know. Yeah, and. uh uh, but yeah, that's that's the plan, you know. That, you know like I said, ninety five percent of what I'm doing is on public, and you know, to be honest with you, and I could probably run five cams, find a buck I want to shoot, and shoot one. But this stuff's for my friends too. Mm-hmm. I want to have. I want, I don't want them to go into an area that has got a lot of pressure, or you know, that's void of shooters. Now, yeah, we definitely hunt blind sometimes during the rut. I mean, I don't want to say we don't, but um, just like every other time we go, even if we have intel, we go in as a team because mm-hmm. what it does, it speeds up your, your learning curve. I mean, you, you straight line that learning curve quickly. I mean, you get three sets of eyes on the place. You know, we'll figure out our entry like, hey, this is our least impact entry that we can take. We'll walk the same path. Yeah. And then, you, you know, if you're all sitting on toes or ridges or whatever the plan is, you go in, you sit there. Hey, is it worth coming back or not? Yes, it is. 
okay, put out cam. Everybody put out a cam on Scrapey Pound, and then we come out, and then we'll go back, you know, in a day or two or whatever, whenever we decide to go back there. And um, but that's you know, it's 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 the team environment that we get. I mean, I just that's why I actually I like that as much as shooting the deer. Yeah, no doubt in my mind because I get some kind of, some sense of ownership out of when my friends harvest the deer. You know, when, you know when we you know when we're in there together. Yeah. I, you know, like one I shot uh, two years ago was a place we call Backbone. It was our first time ever going in there. We had a lot of bad luck. I mean, we were going places. We went to places that that had been bulletproof in the past, and there were three trucks there. You know, I'm like, huh. you know, so we, we go to this place we call Backbone that we found. And uh, it's funny because there was three of us in there and uh, it was me, VT, and CC. And CC actually saw the deer that I ended up killing that night. It was the first time we'd ever went in there and went in there in the afternoon, just having a good time. And uh, we all saw shooters that night and, and I actually called that buck up to me. I had a, you know, a scenario where I had a button that he just ran out of the thicket, right? You know, he, he probably uh, hit him with his antlers or something, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, button was scared of him. He ran underneath me and stood. I don't know if you know I was there, like, hey, protect me. But he stood. Well, buck walks down ridge, goes off in the, you know, starts get down there, and I finally see what he is, and I grunt at him, and CC told me he was coming this way. Well, he turns around, and he sees button standing there. He, I guess he forgot that he ran the button buck out of the, the, the ticket. <laughs> so he turns around, comes right right up to me, and then I, I ended up getting him. But, um, but yeah, just, you know, and everybody got to share in that. I mean, like, uh, you know, they, you know, whether if you hear me shoot or, um, you know, if we see the same deer and, you know, like, I mean, we've done a lot of hunting together. I mean, just, for instance, like Matt, I mean, of course, I know I brought his name up a bunch of times. He always... You know, he's if somebody's gonna kill one, it's gonna be him. It doesn't surprise anybody anymore. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not that you know we're not excited for him and happy for him. It's just like, well, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of one of those things. I'm high five and stuff, but we. <laughs> hey, uh, I would he actually, I would do anything to be that guy in my group of friends. He's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even he's and, not even know, upset about it either. I guarantee it. No, no, no. He's proud. <laughs> he's proud, and he'll tell you. But th- but that's just. I mean. But it's just a it's just a fact. I mean, until something changes, that's the way it is. And yeah. uh, so so we went in and like like for instance, we'd been hunting for a week and a half hardcore. Like I had uh, seven different guys up, just wow. different time periods. Well, everybody went back home. Well, then Matt, you know, Matt was like, "Okay, I'm ready to come up." He came up. He got up on a uh, late Wednesday night. There was a place that me and him were, were reserving to go that we wanted to go. And so I went, we, we went, and then I went my way. He went his way. Um, I sat in the wrong tree. I should have asked him what tree to sit in because if I sat in that tree, I would have <laughs> killed the biggest tree of my life. No, this is a true story. This is true. He climbs up in an area that he found whatever that he wanted to go sit in. Shoots a 6 by 6 12-pointer. He had been in Indiana for like, an hour and a half. I've been hunting in Indiana for like an hour, hour and a half. She's six by six, 12 point, biggest buck we've killed up here, period on public land. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and then he hunted with me. He actually took a couple of days off from hunting the rut 
to hunt with me for a few days. So it was pretty cool. I mean, he just sat with me. He didn't wasn't filming, wasn't doing anything crazy. Just just to sit with me, enjoy it, you know. Um, but uh, but we uh, uh, we had you know. But that's just but that's just that's one of like hundreds of stories I can tell you um, about stuff like that. But yeah, we um, we we have a it's a it's a really good environment when everybody comes up to hunt in Indiana, um, yeah. and. And it's, you know, as much to do with it as anything is my wife's so understanding and she's, she loves having everybody up anyway. And we bought a house that's better than our original. We used to have a 900 square foot condo. Everybody would come and people sleep on four. So now everybody's got their own bed. So it works out really well. But, um, yeah, the, but it's, it, and the, the public ground, it's just, and this, I don't know if I said this earlier, but it's, to, it takes us five places to find one good one and we will revisit you know some of the places that we were disappointed in that weren't good we do revisit them and some of our good places turn into bad ones <laughs> so it's 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 a struggle but um but we definitely uh get after it um and just kind of to go off of the just the friend thing and that camaraderie and stuff we started that whole group including myself we started a like just kind of a hunt little hunting page on Facebook. You know, we started one uh, like six years ago, seven years ago, and we did it just to have a collective of all of our hunting pictures because we were shooting some pretty good deer. You know, like killing some some good bow kills and stuff, and turkeys and everything else. And we did it as a collective. Well, you know, we weren't trying to get a TV show or anything. We just wanted a place we could go and show everybody our what our friends killed and stuff. And uh, so, and so we started this, uh, we started actually started this bow hunting league in 2015, just people that we knew like, Hey, get your, we're going to build teams and you build your own team and we do points and this and that. And it's just for fun, you know, but it's just more right. camaraderie, you know, and it has grown by 30% every year. <laughs> oh, I, wow. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do because I used to do fantasy baseball and keep yeah. up with that and keep track and stuff. Well, I'm, I, I don't, I don't play college baseball anymore. You know, I'm, I'm away from that. I'm away from college, you know, baseball team and stuff. So it's kind of some fun to keep track of and, you know, and get people motivated to do it. But we've got, uh, we've got 52 teams in it this year. Wow. And that's yeah, awesome. And, you know, the thing, yeah. And we lose teams every year. I mean, people get into it and they're like, well, it's too serious or whatever, but it's, it's not that serious because it's free. You know, like, right. but it's a camaraderie thing, and you kind of, you know, people banter back and forth a little bit, but it's 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 all in good good fun. So, do you win and, anything? Uh, like, is yeah, like so, prizes? So the, yeah, so the only person that really has anything out in this whole scenario is me. I spend about hundred and twenty bucks a year on it. Okay. I guess I don't know. I probably I don't. Maybe I made the top this year, but uh, <laughs> so so everybody, yeah, there's stuff to win, and um, we've got. Uh, We've got two mineral companies um, that are donating surprises. Um, one of them's Rack and Stack Deer Feed. Um, um, and it's one of the guys that hunts in the in the contest, Joey Loblin. Real super guy. He's got some good products and stuff. But he's he's do, he's uh, donated some stuff to the winning team. And I did a we did another category. It's uh, Bow Hunter of the Year this year. So it's the top scoring competitor. It's a really it's a pretty simple process. You know, scoring do you, you score you take your best buck of the year and you can upgrade as many times you you want. 
your best buck of the year, and then any other bonus deer is worth 25 points. So your best best deer is the Boone and Crockett score, gross score, and then um, your um, your any other deer. You know, it can be an upgraded buck, it can be a doe or whatever. It's 25, but it's three three man teams, and then it's the combined collective score is the winner. So, but yeah, I got medallions made up. And, uh, so it's basically, you know, like a little trophy and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just for fun. I mean, it, but it's, it's cool because you meet all kinds of people from all, I mean, we've got guys hunting and we've got guys hunting blacktails in California right now. We've got guys, oh, wow. and, you know, obviously velvet ten, Tennessee hunters. And most of our hunters are from Indiana or Tennessee because it's people I run into. Yeah. You know, that's the majority. That's probably 50%. But the other ones are from you know, forums and stuff that I'm a part of, you know, just, well, uh, Hey, is it, out. is it too late for people to join that? No. So, uh, we, you know, this year's different, but we always, you know, I was like, look, if you're going to hunt Tennessee, you got to have your team in before you try to score a velvet bucks. Cause it's not fair to, you know, enter and you know, I found three big velvet bucks. I'm going to make my team. Oh, here they are, you know, <laughs> but, 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 uh, you know, no, it's not too late. Uh, we okay. actually have, uh, you can enter, at the, um, by the end of August, you know, so September 1st is, uh, when it, you know, clock hits midnight, September 1st. Yeah. That's um, opener in shutdown. Kentucky and day of Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of like the start of the Midwest big whitetails. I mean, that's the thing too. Uh, we included coo deer and, uh, muleys and blacktails this year, different scoring little modifications to the buck scores, but it's a pretty simple process. I mean, I've really, I've spent way too much time on it, like just diving into it and figuring out what's the easiest thing to track and the easiest thing to understand for somebody that just comes in and plays for sure. You know, that is, that is so cool. I'm, I'm going to, you need to get, you need to get a team together. I'm going to, because we yep. start, we're, we're going to be in Kentucky. Two guys. Uh, three of my buddies are going to be, are being, we're going to be in Kentucky the second and we're going to spend the whole week there. Hunting public in Kentucky. Fantastic. So, oh yeah. Um, we're coming up. We're about out of time. Uh, actually, I'm. You know, the more, the more you talked, uh, the more I was like, man, I'm glad I got this guy on. Because um, <laughs> it was kind of a cold call. You know, I just, I just uh, messaged you today and was like, dude, I want to talk about that buck. And you said, okay. And uh, yeah, man, it's it, all it good. turned out to be great. I, I really do appreciate you hopping on the show, man. Yeah, it was great. Great great to meet you, man. Um, Parker, I enjoyed it. I, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, man, awesome. Good luck on the rest of the season. Yeah, join your – build your team. It's uh, If anybody wants to find it, it's uh, OS2 Bowhunting League. Okay. Uh, and so they can, you know, or the, you know whatever. I'll, I'll I'll make sure I add you to the group and you can – great people are away stuff, yeah yeah we cool. can we can post something about it on our on our page so sounds cool thanks All for coming right, well, on good luck for the rest of the year don't be a stranger holler at me let me know if you're doing any good all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the southern ground hunting podcast thanks again to ben for coming on like two years ago so if you listen to this ben appreciate you buddy um uh if you again guys if, if you have success this week Um, or in the near future because of anything that you feel like you've learned from this podcast from our guests, uh, reach out to me on Facebook and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting, and uh, we'll share it, and uh, I'll I'll at least get to share with you, uh, share in the moment with you. Um, Man, I am jacked up. 
I can't hardly think about anything else. I've got a lot of work to do. I've got wedding to get ready for uh, that I'm uh, doing the music for. But it is just so hard to concentrate on that stuff when uh, we're going to be chasing deer this week. So, you guys, stay safe if you're going to be out chasing velvet bucks. Be safe if you're out west doing antelope or elk or whatever is in season out there. Um, if you're making a trek down there, be safe. Remember this, though, that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.